No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now. 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday and the doctor is in the house. We are here live in studio today. So if you have any questions, you can jump right on the phone. 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Want to touch on a couple things that have come up this week. One of the big things, I think the IRS, and it really just depends on when your nonprofit started, you have three years. If you have not filed a 990N or 990 or 990EZ, they will um, discontinue or dis, uh, basically remove you from the nonprofits. Um, I've had a couple phone calls this last couple weeks on this situation. So if your nonprofit has received that love letter saying, you know, we're, the determination has uh, been removed for your exemption, you do need to deal with that issue. You cannot continue to be a nonprofit. Um, you can't continue to take money if you're um, if you don't have in good standing. And that's something for people that are giving money. IRS.gov. You can just up in the search put in uh, charitable content, charity charitable nonprofits. That's what it says. Nonprofit. Sorry. And under that, you can search for any nonprofit that you're giving money to, because if you're giving money to something that's uh, online, many of those organizations are not legitimate nonprofits. Also keep in mind that if uh, you are not going to um, have, if the money's going overseas, if it's going to a family that you're trying to help, those are not legitimate nonprofits. So, you know, you want to make sure that if you're going to plan to give it or take it off your tax return, that they are legitimate or even in good standing. I mean, if you think, well, hey, it's our local church. Now, many times churches actually kind of fall in this little protected zone, but many other organizations that you give to um, Wounded Warriors, a great organization, any of those kind, you know, if you're never sure, you can go to irs.gov up in the search box, nonprofit, and look up that organization so you can see what they have and where they're, you know, what what's going to be. And if it's going to be a legitimate tax deduction, at least if you give with the idea that you know it's not, then who cares? Um, but it is sometimes some of those organizations that aren't the same way. So if you've got questions or maybe you have some situation where something different happened in uh, 2023 that maybe you haven't had happen in 22 or earlier years, and you're just not too sure exactly how you're supposed to treat this situation, you can certainly give me a call here in the studio at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. You can give us a call and we can try to help you figure out what the next step is. Or if I don't know the answer, I'll send you either to someone that should, or I will find out the answer. One way or the other, we'll be able to, to take a look and review and see if there's a way of making whatever the situation. And most important is really knowing or understanding how much money you might owe. 
So, I mean, many times I've had, you know, situations, the biggest probably is inheritance because some things are, and some things are not taxable, but also the same thing is when someone's going to sell one of their rental properties or their second home, um, or a home that maybe they went into with their mother or father. And so that person's passed away and now they're selling that house, but they only had half interest in it and how that would work for your basis and making sure that you're tracking that basis correctly. Uh, so that way, when you file your taxes, if there's money due, then you pay tax on that capital gains. If there is no money due, then you don't have to pay tax on it. But it's very important to follow it through and make sure you understand how that's going to work. So again, tracking that, making sure it's there and, and doing it is the very important part of anything you do with taxes. I mean, anytime I have a, a couple situations, cause you know, I talk quite a bit about gifting and, um, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with a gentleman that we actually called in on the radio show earlier, um, another time, but, um, it was interesting to the extent that he was thinking outside of what if I give $11 million today, and then obviously tax law changes. And then that person ends up with a gift tax, a, li a lifetime gift tax that could come back at you. Um, and so making sure that you're not exceeding certain things, but also trying to maximize those. So that way you end up with not having a higher estate because theoretically in 2026, the estate tax will go down to 5 million, which for a lot of people that may seem like a lot, but when you consider retirement and the home value and um, those kind of things, it's, it's not necessarily um, a lot. And therefore um, there's going to be a number of people people if you're married you might be fortunate because you can do a b or you could have the one person you know each of you have five million so theoretically the, the family would be able to do 10 million dollars where if you're single and you have five million or more then you don't really have the ability to shield it the same way so it's important to try to find out and i am working on trying to get someone like russ cook or one of my attorney friends that do estate planning to see if there's anything we can be doing in the next few years to shield or protect um our assets uh, if there's anything that can be done or if it's pretty much going to be that you know you you can't um do anything more than what the, what we have already but it's going to be important and also i'm a huge advocate for individuals having either at least a will Right. And I don't, you know, guys, I don't sell this product. It's not something, but I have seen too many people that have had to deal with situations when someone has passed away and there was no will yet everyone knows kind of what the people's wishes were, but that doesn't make a difference because if you don't have a will, the government has a plan for you. And it's nine times out of 10, not going to be the plan that you want for yourself. So again, you know, something simple as a, as a certified will or whatever you have to do for a will. Again, I, I, I use Russ Cook and Associates, but there are many places I'm sure LegalZoom would even be better than not having anything at all. Um, but going to someplace and making sure, I mean, you've worked so hard to have everything and, you know, and then not having that protection because you, you know, you, you think, well, everything will go to my wife. So I don't have to worry about, but no, that's not the case. If you have children and your wife and you die without a will money, some of that money is going to go immediately to the children and the, and the spouse may not get what you think should be hers or his. So again, just too many times seen it on my side of the desk that I think anybody, and I don't care how old or young you are, 
because if you have children, you should have a will because you want to tell people what would happen to the children. If you are older, you need a will. You know, I mean, there's no age on wills. Maybe there is in some ways people might say a trust. Um, not sure if that's true, but I'm going to say that at least with a trust, it's usually more about assets. And if you have none, not important. But if uh, if you do have assets, you do want to also protect those in the best way to do that, in my opinion. And again, guys, I'm not talking as an attorney. I'm talking as a tax person and a person that has helped many people have to deal with the states when the when someone has passed away. Um, and, and the trust is always a better deal with a pour over will that goes through probate instead of um, instead of the entire decision being made in court. So if you don't, uh, if you have a question, not concerning necessarily that, because again, I'm not an attorney and I'm not too sure if I can answer a lot of those questions, but, uh, I absolutely am an enrolled agent licensed by the internal revenue service to do taxes and representation. So that's the kind of questions we could ask. If you have tax issues, maybe you haven't filed taxes in a number of years. Maybe you have, filed taxes, but you're having some issues. Love letters are coming in. You have some problems um, and you're looking to see if there's any way of getting the resolution, um, you know, and, and dealing with the situation. You may not always like it. I have a, a gentleman I've been working with. Um, he's actually one of the, the most easygoing people I've ever worked with, to be honest, with IRS issues. Not to say that most people, but he he's willing to make all preparations and reparations to the IRS. It's just that we've had a heck of a time getting the revenue officer on the phone. And that's not the norm. But um, but that being said, it is definitely a situation where, you know, if you're having to deal with the IRS, sometimes it's nice to have someone else help in dealing with them instead of trying to do it heads on yourself. Um, and again, as a, as a EA and enrolled agent, that is exactly what we're licensed to do to help give representation to taxpayers in front of the IRS. So if you're not too sure if you're dealing with your taxes correctly, or maybe you have even children, I mean, I can't tell you how many parents have called me and said, Hey, you know what? I just found out that my son hasn't filed taxes in 10 years, or, you know, he's just married someone and they hadn't filed taxes in 10 years. Um, I will suggest this. If you're in the process of getting married, um, you know, I don't, I mean, again, this is from someone that is not married. So maybe this this conversation never comes up, but it just seems like it should. It just seems like, you know, you're going to sit down before you get married and you're going to talk about how the bills are going to be paid. If you have student loan interest or if you have credit cards and yeah, do you owe the IRS? Those just seem like normal questions that should happen before you actually get married to somebody, because how are you going to know um, much about their finance. And I'm sorry, when you get married, you are merging the finances um, until after the wedding. And then you find out that they haven't filed for 10 years. That's going to be a little bit of a shocker. So I'm suggesting to anyone out there that is not yet married, but thinking of it, maybe you don't want to have that conversation, but I mean, if that's the worst conversation you're ever going to have in a marriage, then I'm thinking that should be awesome. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot more hard and much more complicated. So if you can't have that conversation, I'm going to be a little concerned on the big conversations that it's going to come up in life, how that's going to work. So if you're not too sure, that is a bit of wisdom from someone that, you know, her marriage didn't last very long. So probably not the best, but I could tell you all about his finances. <laughs> I'm sure that's an important thing. Um, all right. So if you want to join the show, it's very easy to do. Pick up the phone, 615 737 
615-737-9986. We're going to be getting ready here to take our first break. Um, so uh, hopefully many of you guys are probably still out. I know Veterans Day was yesterday, but I saw a lot of people still celebrating today for Veterans Day. And, and I do want to put a big hey out to all veterans. Um, we do a lot of work with veterans um, pro bono uh, to, to help some of them that have gotten into um, obviously tax situations, but um, totally respect uh, anyone that serves this country. So thank you for, for your service. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we get back. We'll get to the phone lines and the emails again, phone number 615-737-9986 or email Friday at drfriday.com. We'll be right Alrighty, we are back here live in studio. And if you have a question, you can certainly join the show. 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. So I know we're getting close to the end of the year. So I thought I might run through a few things that individuals and businesses might want to start thinking about. Okay. So the first thing would be is to make sure that your W4 information is correct. So if, have you moved, have you gotten married? Have you divorced? Have your kids gotten over the age of 17? Do you need your current employer, but have you moved or relocated and had other jobs through the year of 2023? Because if you have, now's the time before it gets crazy and they've already printed and they can theoretically bill you um, to get an updated W-2. Now is the time to update your W-2. So think about it. Get your information because the W-4 is what they use to make the W-2. So you might want to consider taking that information. So another thing you want to look at is... Is there any losses you've been wanting to go ahead and clean up your portfolio? Let me put a caveat out there. I am not a financial planner, just as I'm not an attorney. I cannot tell you if now's the time to clean out your portfolio or not, but many of my clients manage their own finances. So if they're managing their own finances, then we might be the time to go and look and see if it's time to sell something because you either made some good capital gains or sell something because you've already got losses and it's, you know, you'd rather capture them now versus the offset other gains. So, you know, we only really have about a month and a half. Now's the time because with Thanksgiving and Christmas in the middle of that time period, a lot of financial people, brokers, bankers, let's be honest, people are in and out of town for the next month. So double check to make sure you have that And then uh, take a look, talk to your financial, but require minimum distributions. There's been a lot of changes. You know, if you were 70, 71, 72, 73, I think it is nowadays, um, when you're supposed to start taking your required minimum distribution, but have that plan put into play. If you're already 71 or two, maybe you need to make sure that you have that set up to automatically distribute. Last thing Distributions. I've had that situation where um, somebody has passed away and they didn't really realize that they were supposed to be taking an RMD out of the inherited IRA that they received. 
and there's been so many different things. Um, but the year after the person passes away, the next the next year, because the year in which someone passes away, the, the RMD is automatically given to the person that, that passed away. The next year, you are on inherited IRAs, traditional IRAs. And I even think you have to take um, and there may be a financial planner out there that's listening, but um, I'm not too sure if you have to take RMDs out of a inherited Roth, but I do know you have like a 10 year window to take all of that out. So you might, might want to consider, again, having those conversations now when it's not so crazy because financial planners go through a lot of the craziness that us as tax accountants do into the extent that when we're doing taxes, it's hard to take that time and just sit down and really have the review and the conversation. That's why I encourage most of my clients to be coming in now till the end of the year, because it's so much better than trying to have a, a conversation in the middle of February when we have 30 minute cycles, you know, and it just isn't uh, very conducive to a good conversation. So putting that out there, um, now's you know, possibly boost your uh, pre-tax contributions. You now know where are you at? Did you actually have some um, inheritance or do you have an IRA where you have to take money out or, um, or you had a higher distribution of some sort considering maximizing your 401k at work? Because then you might be able to offset some of the gains against the losses. You know, you reduce your income at work because you have less and you're getting the money on the other side. So, again, playing the game to try to keep you in the lowest tax brackets. Um, another thing, again, talk to your financial planner, guys. But I can't tell you now is when the phone is just gone crazy and it's all about um, doing the uh, Roth conversions. People, a lot, many people handle their own. And there's a lot of financial planners that I work directly with. And in those situations, they call and they're like, okay, well, we want to maximize the 12. We want to maximize the 22. We want to maximize whatever tax bracket. How much can they take out to maximize that said bracket? Because we want to do a conversion up to or for that basic situation. So again, making sure that right now is the time, making sure that, you know, all of your information. So if you are, if you have relocated or moved or done anything and your address has not been updated, it's going to make it hard to get your tax records if they don't have the right. Now I know many of these organizations nowadays, you can download your W-2s or your 1099-Rs or your 1099s, but just in case, you might want to make sure that that information has been updated. Also, you're going to want to make sure that you have done the review on your financial situation just to make sure, is there anything I can be doing right now before the end of the year to maximize, or I should say minimize my taxes, maximize my growth of whatever it is I want to do. You know, let's not wait till that very last minute because- you can't contribute to your 401k after the end of the year. Now you can, if it's a personally held one for yourself, but that's usually considered a SEP. Um, but if you work for an employer, they take it out of your paycheck. Once that final check comes through. And many times, I don't know if the calendar year this year, but uh, most of the time your last check in December is the one that you have, not the last week you've worked, but the last check that you would receive. So December 29th is the last Friday in December. Now, some people get paid on the 15th and 30th. So the 30th would be the final one. But if you're paid Friday or every other Friday, the 29th would be your last one, which basically leaves us with what? Six paychecks till the end of the year, maybe thereabouts. 
uh, five or six paychecks. So um, it's very important to take a look at that and see what your last minute, you know, decisions do you need to be. I, 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 my biggest concern is that you've underestimated something in your taxes and now you're going to feel like you have, you know, you, you don't have enough paid in. And now's the time to consider that maybe you should, because December is one of those uh, months where you also, if you're paid weekly, you have five paychecks, which I'm sure is great for Christmas, but it might be also the time to actually make some recommendations on how you can actually reduce your taxes, right? Or at least have enough paid in because no one wants the internal revenue service as a loan officer. I hate to tell you, but they are not good with loans people they've got uh now their interest rates have went up to i think it's like 12 maybe it's nine or ten and their penalties are anywhere between five and seven right now it's ten percent penalty uh interest on the irs is ten percent uh up from five percent on some of the earlier years um so that one and then you have penalties that are usually another five percent a month up to twenty five percent uh, minimum. So, I mean, look at that. I mean, you'd be paying 35% without even blinking your eye. And in some cases they have a failure to pay failure to file proper. And then of course, um, let's see, fa failure to file failure to pay and failure to make proper estimates. Many of my clients have all three of those 25, 25, 25, if it's past the time period almost. So look at, you can almost have a hundred percent in penalties and interest. By the time you're done with, with hitting the maximum. So it's just not a good place to have a good, um, good rep, you know, a good team, a good situation. So if you want to join the radio show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986 is the number here in a studio so that we can take your calls and, uh, get your information for whatever we need to do on that situation. But, um, you know, it's all there for us. So uh, what other information can we do to help reduce? Again, the, really the biggest things for individuals, businesses, of course, we also need to be reconciling our bank accounts, right, for business. So we know we've got all of the expenses. We need to be determining at this time because when we buy equipment, and sometimes, I mean, let's be honest, I've had people that put their truck orders in a year ago, I mean, to get an actual new truck. I don't know if it's getting any better, but um, it's it's not, it's definitely makes for interesting tax conversation. But so you want to make sure you have all your expenses and that you've paid all your bills up. So that way you can reduce your expenses um, because most people do their taxes on the cash basis, which means the money that went in the bank and the actual paid out of pocket expenses. Now you, if you write the check on December 30th, you can count that. Um, you know, the check was issued at that time reduced, but you know, theoretically it's, it's, you know, some people like to play that game. I like to take all the checks that have cleared the bank, you know, cause that way then cash in cash out versus more of of a payable, uh, I wrote all my checks on December 31st and I'm taking all those off. I will say that you could probably defend that with the IRS, but um, it's only really going to work one year unless every year you do that because you have to continue that process once you've done it the first year. So um, making sure that you have all of your income tracked, all your expenses, your mileage logs, guys, just looking around and saying, hey, I think I think I put about 35,000 miles on my car. It sounds like a good number. Um, I think I like the way that works out. So I'm going to go with 35,000. It doesn't work that way, guys. 
It doesn't work that way. You have to have a calendar telling where you went, why you went there and who you met. It's very simple. Um, and you know, cause the IRS doesn't want to be paying you for miles to go pick up your kid from preschool or to go to the grocery store or to meet your husband for dinner or wife, whatever. Um, you know, they want you to know that the miles that you put on your vehicle went to potentially at least generate income or branding or something for the business that you are representing. It's very important. All right. We're going to talk more about this and also get to the phone lines. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Hey, we are back here. Um, it was going in and out a little bit, just so you know. Um, we're back in live in studio here. Let's go back to talking about what we can be preparing ourselves for for the 2023 tax season. And, and that way we can hopefully catch up on a few of those kind of things. Again, really what we're looking for is, is there any way that you can pay less in taxes? Or do I need to pay more in taxes because... I've only have 23, 24, 25. That's three more physical tax years. And we're almost through this one to maximize the current tax code that we know. So a lot, a lot of people are thinking, all right, well, if I can uh, pay more in ordinary income, because it's at 12% to 22 to 24 versus 15 to 25 to 28, which will be what happens after 2025 or in beginning of 2026, then you know, they're, they're trying to figure out Roth conversions. Like I said before, very popular right now, because a lot of people are trying to figure out if they'd rather pay lower taxes now than potentially what could be higher taxes. We don't know what the next tax code is going to be. We really don't. All we know is what is expected because right now the current tax code will expire December 31st, 2025. And that leaves us to believe that inheritance tax are going to go down. Um, gifting is going to go down. And so interest or, or tax, ordinary income tax rates will be going up. So all of that following. So, you know, you might want to have those conversations with your team. When I say team, you know, your financial planner, your tax person, as well as your attorney, are you doing everything you can to preserve, to maximize whatever the current tax thing that you want to do, or maybe right now, you know, all you are is working a freaking job and you're like every year I still owe tax taxes. And you're sitting there going, why, why do I always owe more taxes? Even though I, I will tell you, first thing is, are you working two jobs? Because if you are tax code still doesn't do a very good job in taking out enough taxes, or it takes out way too much, depending on how you've set yourself up. But normally it's a single person working two to three jobs and every year they end up owing money. And the reason for that is, is because the tax code doesn't do well with multiple jobs, even if you've only worked one at a time. But when you went and got another job and you started at that job, that job started with the lower tax bracket, the 0% up to 12, blah, 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 up to the number you end up with. And if you've done that two or three times, when you add all three checks together, you're in a much higher tax bracket than what the tax code was allowing for on those checks. 
So if you are an individual that is switching jobs and you're sitting there going, wait, I've already earned $40,000 at this point and I don't want to be starting with zero, I'm going to end up owing taxes, then you might want to have an additional tax come out of your paycheck to compensate for the fact that the tax code isn't going to be your friend. Um, same thing is when uh, what probably one of the most obvious is in the year in which people get divorced, because if you get divorced now in November and you sign the papers and you've been claiming marriage from January through single for this part. No, you are single at that point. When you have signed the papers, you are legally divorced. You are now single or you are now head of household if there are children. Either way, it changes from what you were claiming earlier. So if you're going through, working through a divorce right now, my suggestion is to adjust your W-4 to compensate for the fact of what's coming down the line. Because if it happens before the end of any year, it can happen. I've had people that have signed the papers on December 30th. They just wanted to have a new year resolution. I will not be married, apparently. And so they signed those papers. And of course, they had not thought necessarily through the process of saying, well, if I wait till January 1st, I would have still legally been married, been able to claim married um, or the children or whatever possibly um, versus, you know, being divorced and then being legally single um, at the end of that year, even though you were married for, you know, 99% of it doesn't make a difference. Tax law is pretty straightforward in that. So when you're going through these life change situations, it is very important to basically make sure that your finances are following through with those. You don't want to have something where you're thinking, okay, I'm uh, going to do blah, blah, blah. And now I did this. And how is that going to affect your finances? I know you don't always want to have everything to do with money. It's not like life is totally about that. But my job kind of is about how to keep more money in your pocket when it comes to taxes. There's the common things, right? I mean, but you have credits, earned income credit, college credits, uh, green credits, energy efficient credits. Um, many of those, you have the, the catch-up contribution credits that you can get or contribution, not really a credit. But, you know, if you are trying to contribute money and you're over the age of 50, you know, now you can put 6,500 or I think it's actually, if you're under the age of 50, $6,500 um, is the IRA possibly or 7,000. I know that, um, you can uh, contribute to a IRA or I'm sorry, you can contribute to a 401k $27,000 if you're over the age of 50. So you need to talk to your financial person because maybe it'd be better to use a Roth than a traditional IRA. You may pay a little bit more today, but how much will you be saving over the next 10, 15 years, whatever your life expectancy before you have to start taking money out for retirement, how much of that and it grows tax-free. So again, don't just make decisions based on what's going to save tax dollars today, because sometimes you need to look a little bit outside of that window and say, okay, well, taxes are lower. At least we know for the next three years, maybe I should be looking at what I can change now for the lower tax percentage that may be higher later on in life. We don't know. Again, it's all a game we're going to have to play. All right. So we're going to get ready to take our last break here for the show. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615 737 
888-999-9986. Again, I'm an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. That's what we're talking about. Anything and everything that has to do with either preparing or, um, you know, defending taxes that we're taking on our things. So if you've got a question, join the show. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. And if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I had a uh, text come through and, and I was asked, how long do you need to keep your tax records? It is officially seven years you should keep your tax records. I will let you know it does not need to be in paper format. It can be digital. You don't have to have everything in filing cabinets any longer. You can have it scanned in, but you need to have seven years. If you are a business, you need to be keeping a minimum of seven years because theoretically you could they could go back up to 10 years to audit you three years for the state to audit licenses, um, five. So you just want to keep all of those records. And that also goes for companies that have closed their doors. You can't just because you close your doors doesn't mean the IRS cannot come back and audit you. Had that happen actually for a client and they can, they can audit you without a problem. And so you, just because your doors are closed, doesn't mean the audit doesn't exist. So you want to make sure you're keeping up to seven years I would suggest digital format, keep it in something like Carbonite or someplace where you have a second backup in case something happens to your computer. Um, you're able to pull up those forms anywhere or keep it on some sort of you know, external drive that you can put in a safe or something. So you don't have to have filing cabinet after filing cabinet of paperwork. Um, one of the questions that also came in Apparently they're listening and texting more than they're calling. Um, they, uh, the question is what about for an estate or someone that has passed away? Um, I would always suggest to keep the last couple years of taxes for anyone that has passed away just to be able to have, I've never actually had any kind of audit for someone that had already passed away. I can honestly say in 25 plus years, I have not had to represent an estate for an audit of an individual that they were, you know, that had passed away. But I am sure there are situations in which you should be keeping as an executor, you should be keeping all the bank statements of the trust account, along with any other um, documentations that would show distribution or anything like that. So you can account for all money in and all money out for the sake of the IRS. So again, just making sure that you're tracking and keeping track of all of your own personal information and doing what you need to do. So um, just putting that out there, making sure that you have that. Thanks for uh, texting that question over. So we're about, to about five, six minutes left of the radio show, and we're going to kind of stick to the same forum that we had started with the show, just making sure that you're tracking all of your tax credits that can help you again, like earned income credit, the child credit, the American opportunity tax credit, um, planning, obviously for your estates, I've already covered, you know, wills, make sure you have a pour over will, you have POAs for medical as well as financial. Um, I do not suggest, and this was something that an attorney suggested to me, so I pass this on to you, do not put your children's name 
on bank accounts just to make sure they have access to the money just in case. If you provide them with a power of attorney, if something happens to you, they can go right into the bank and then they can have access to the accounts that you have provided the power of attorney. Um, or you can even have that on on account with the bank. So if something happens to you, the problem comes is if you have your name on your children or your children's name on your account, and these are children over the age of 18 um, or 21, depending on which state you live in, but um, they can, if they get into a situation, be that divorce or an accident, a lawsuit of some sort, that bank account that has their name on it can become a part of the settlement or the situation. I mean, I have one where, I mean, it, it was documented in the courts, but there was one where um, the, the parent's bank account, because the son who was getting divorced, the wife said, well, his money here, he's got more than one bank account. And those bank accounts were not his, they were his parents. And it took a lot to prove that he did not have any money in those accounts. So it isn't as far fetched as you might think it's important to be able to protect your children and vice versa, your parents. Um, and the best way to do that is again, as far as I'm concerned, power of attorneys, they can do everything you need. And I would definitely suggest talking to an attorney to make sure you've got the right kind of power of attorney for whatever it is you want. We use uh, 2848 power of attorneys to deal with the IRS, but that's all they do is IRS issues. But you can also have power of attorneys for many other situations and you want to make sure that you have those. So um, again, just making sure that you've got your estate set up, that you're harvesting any kind of tax losses that might be out there for you, that even if this year you can't use it all, it many most tax losses will roll forward to the next year. So again, very important that you're able to take that through and do what you need to do, but follow that out and make sure that you've now's the time to do it. Same thing as if you haven't maximized your retirement accounts. Think about, you know, the $6,500 or $7,500. That's what an IRA for people over the age of 50 is 75. So 65, 50 years or younger, 50 years or older, 75, you can put into a traditional or a Roth IRA. You get the 401k plans that you can actually contribute 20000 to an IRA. And then later find out that you need that money. And then you get hit with a penalty for early withdrawal, along with having to pay additional taxes. So, you know, don't don't just set aside. I mean, that's what I always try to tell people about spending money in a business. I had a long conversation with a gentleman that owns, I don't know, three or four businesses. Um, and he was saying that, you know, every year he likes to go and spend as much money he can on equipment. And I'm like, well, is the equipment generating more income? Because Again, I know no one likes to pay taxes, but if I go spend 10,000 and I'm in the 25% tax bracket, so now I've spent $2,500 or I've saved $2,500 in taxes, I still had $7,500, $7,500 that I spent just to save 2,500. So, when you're talking beans for beans people, you want to save, you're never going to be at the 100% tax bracket. But now sometimes there is advantages if he needs that equipment. And he said most of the time the equipment makes the job easier. He's upgrading them. He's doing what he needs to, to make because nowadays employment is harder, trying to find people. So a lot of the, the equipment he's buying makes it easier for a smaller staff to run and do the same things that he was doing before with a bigger staff but less equipment. So I think we'll see more and more companies 
you know, gearing up. I mean, you go to restaurants now, you put your own order in and then you pick it up at the counter. They don't have anyone that's really doing the um, taking the orders or any of that uh, any longer at many of the restaurants. And I'm not surprised. It's getting harder and harder to find people to do the work. I'm not sure where everyone is, but it's getting harder and harder. All right. So we are winding down on today's show. So if you need to um, have someone help you as an enrolled agent, you need someone that's going to be able to represent or help you get straight with your taxes, or you're not even too sure where to get started. And you're like, I, I need help because I would like to be straight with the taxes, but I don't know even know how to do that. How far back do I need to go? Where do I get the paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. You need to give me a call. It's that simple. Initial consultations, always free. We can't help you. I'm not billing you. So if you need help with anything, you just give us a call, 615-367-0819. That's my direct number, 615-367-0819. Again, if you're having tax issues, if you need help doing something with your, your back taxes, or if you just need some representation because you've already went through an audit or something along those lines and you need some assistance, any of that, it's pretty straightforward. All you have to do is give my office a call on Monday morning, 615-367-0819. Also, you have the website, drfriday.com. You can set up your tax appointments. You can also download our tax organizer. There are... Uh, different things that will tell you about who I am in 25 years of doing the business and how we're going to help you hopefully get straight with the IRS and also learn a little bit more about what is a true fresh start offer and compromise and not just one of those organizations that said, oh yeah, yeah, we can help you pay us some money and we'll get started. And they really can't help you because there is really only a few things you can do and maybe an offer and compromise you don't even qualify for. There's no way of really knowing unless somebody's actually doing the work and not just collecting the money. So you need to make sure you have someone you can contact and you know how to deal with that situation. If you want to email me, it's Friday at drfriday.com. Again, Friday at drfriday.com. One more time in the office, 615 615-367-0819. I truly hope you guys have an awesome Saturday. The weather is beautiful. Thanks to all the veterans. We have a wonderful uh, country 